welcome to Fantasy Facials by Lily. Lily is a New York State licensed esthetician with over 30 years of experience in the beauty industry, specializing in organic facials, body treatments, and back facials using real products straight from nature. This podcast is here to educate you about your skin issues. Your skin is her passion. Listen for tips about skincare and your overall health and well-being. And now, here's Lily. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Here I am. And that, of course, is Mr. Danny Hauger, my announcer, who does a great job, by the way. You can reach him at dannyhauger at gmail, or you can check him out on iTunes. Danny Hauger, H-A-U-G-E-R. All right, let's move on to the business of the day. We're going to start out today with a flashback to the time of the uh, dancing queens and kings. That's right, the 1970s. That's right, 1970s, what a time, what a time. Not that I would know. I mean, I was very, very young at the time. But I do remember a few things. Like one of the things I distinctly remember about being a kid growing up at that time was uh, that we didn't have 24-7 cartoons and kid shows. We got up on Saturday mornings. That was a big deal to uh, watch cartoons and um, get that treat. Nowadays, it's, you know, 24-7, on-demand, you know, things like The Wizard of Oz and all that on DVDs. Nothing's special anymore, it seems like. But, I don't know, I feel like at that time, we had that. We had that those special things. Things were special at that time. So, that was one thing I remember. Um, I also remember, of course, like I've said before, uh, we had to be in usually... Because I was, I don't know, maybe like 13, 14 at the time. We had to be in when the uh, street lights went on. The street lights went on, you went back to your house, you knew it was time to go home. There was no cell phones, there was none of that. Right? Your mother gave you some change just in case you got in trouble. You ran over to the pay phone, you put the quarter in, whatever it was, and you made a phone call. Right? So, you know, things were a lot different then. As far as that goes, um, we used to play outside, of course, because we didn't have computers, we didn't have stuff like that. We did have Atari um, at a certain point in the 70s, which was a very cool game. That was the first video game ever. Uh, first was Pong, really. Pong came out first. And that was just the, the back and forth tennis one with the dot. And then it moved into Atari, which was like, you know, a big upgrade. So, um, I had that, me and my brother had that, we played it for hours on end, just like the kids do today. It was so fascinating to us, you know, there was nothing like it, nothing. And like I said, a lot of our time was spent, you know, outside playing. Even when we had the Atari, we still didn't stay inside and only play that all the time. We went outside, you know, and we played games like uh, Ringolivio, um, like games like um, Mother May I, which was like, um, you know, you would have a bunch of kids stand on one end of the street, a bunch of kids on the other end of the street, and then, I don't exactly remember the game, but it was something like you would ask to take a giant step or a small step to the quote-unquote mother of the group, 
mother may I take a giant step and they would tell you if you could take a giant step or not or a small step or whatever you would take so you got to the other side and then you become part of that team then you would do um, Red Rover which was the same type of game where you'd have a bunch of kids on each side of the street uh, they would make like you know like a barrier with their arms and stand next to each other and then uh, so-and-so would say, Red Rover, Red Rover, Lily, run over. And I would run as hard as I could and try and break that bond of arms. And if I did, then I became part of that team. And uh, it just went on until there was nobody left on the other side. And we had a lot of fun with that. We played stoop ball. We played handball at the local public schools, the public parks. We hung out there. We went to friends' houses and had house parties and listened to music and stuff like that. There's, we did a lot. Did a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that kids still do today and a lot of stuff that kids just don't do today. Um, the guys were playing stickball outside. You'd have a broomstick and, and a handball. And that was stickball. And we'd play on the street. And it was that simple. Um, our parents didn't wear seatbelts. <laughs> Uh, we didn't have bike helmets. Um, I remember standing up in the car all the time. You know, uh, on the little there used to be like a little hump on the floor in the back seat, and I would stand on that because I was small and talk to my parents. Never strapped in. It's not that my parents were bad parents. Nobody did it. Nobody strapped their kids in them. Just wasn't done. Why I don't know, but it just wasn't done. So a lot of differences from then till now. Um, as far as the, uh, the cosmetic, the skincare industry, all that, like I said in the 80s podcast that I did, you know, skincare was not a huge, huge deal. There was not that much available. Same really holds true for the 70s. In fact, the 70s was kind of like the pivotal point where um, people stopped buying uh, mass market um, skincare, for example, and cosmetics because they felt that. Uh, there was a lot of animal cruelty, a lot of animal testing, which there was at the time. There was a lot. And um, they didn't want any part of that. They didn't want the chemicals on their face. Um, organic things were just starting to come on to play, you know, using natural things, fruits, vegetables, things like that, like I use in my facials, um, were coming to play more at that time because people just didn't want to have it. So you had the people that had some knowledge about different fruits and vegetables and things that they did, and they started doing their own DIY stuff at home and uh, trying to get their skin looking good that way instead of giving the money to the, the, the companies that they felt weren't giving them what they wanted. So then the companies, in turn, were starting to really suffer, and they had to find a way out of this because, I mean, you know, what are they going to do? If people aren't buying the product, they got to do something. That's the power of the people right there. Right? So then what started happening was um, they were beginning to use less and less animal testing. Um, they were starting to get smarter about their products. They were People were worried about bacteria growing in, in the cosmetics. Um, they started putting things in that would help the bacteria not to grow as much. You know, and uh, they started using um, celebrity spokespeople at that time. So the first one was Revlon, and Revlon used Lauren Hutton to uh, sponsor their products. And, 
you know, you know as well as I do that uh, we all as consumers, we tend to listen to celebrities, whether we know if they really tried the product or not, whether we know if they really believe in the product or not. You know, it really doesn't matter to us. We see our favorite favorite celebrity selling something, and we're like, oh, I must like it too. It must be good, or they wouldn't do it. You know, but seriously, come on. Wait. I'm not saying that the product that they're pushing isn't really working, and I'm not even saying that they don't really use it, and it's not working for them. But you know what? Sometimes they're not. So you can't go by that. You have to really go out there, do some of your research, talk to people that you know, who know things in the industry, speak to people who have a lot of knowledge about skincare, about cosmetics, you know, and don't just follow other people. You have to find out about your specific needs. Everyone is different. Everyone is different. I can't stress that enough. Your skin and your skin issues, totally different from the other five people right around you right now. So you just can't go by that. So don't get wrapped up into all of that. Believe in that because a celebrity is showing something, that this means it's good. When I was a, a beauty manager, um, I would get that all the time. Oh, I saw the so-and-so that so-and-so was selling. I wanted to try it. And they're literally just trying it because so-and-so is selling it. You know, and I'm like, well, you know what? I, I heard from like 30 women already that it doesn't work. It's not good. And they would either listen to me or they would be like, oh, well, I want to try it anyway. Okay, try it anyway. <laughs> and they would always bring it back because it didn't work. You know, because I would be able to hear those testimonials daily, good or bad. I heard them all. So, and then I would take all that information in as being the one person taking it all in from everyone else. And then calculate it in my head and think, well, okay, so many people are telling me this product doesn't do what it's supposed to be doing. I'm not going to recommend that product, period. So, yeah, so marketing plays a lot in it, a lot. And they knew that, and so they, they went with that. They started going with that, and they used people like Catherine Denier, uh, who was like a big uh, French star, and they used her for Chanel. You know, to push that, and um, which really doesn't need pushing. Chanel is a very beautiful cologne, it really is, but it's also extremely expensive. Your average person isn't buying Chanel. Alright, so um, while we're on that little subject, let me just throw a tip out there for, for everyone. You know, these imposter um, colognes that you can buy, you know, um, all these imposter ones, you think, alright, well, it does smell like the product, but you know what? I put it on. 20 minutes later it's gone it's not worth it I gotta spray it all day true very very true because a lot of those products are based in alcohol and then dissipate very quickly so how do you counteract that well you take some oil maybe some grapeseed oil or some uh, whatever whatever kind of oil that you like you can even use baby oil because the scent in it is so light that it will probably cover most colognes will cover the scent so whatever you use an oil I prefer a little olive oil, a little coconut oil, a little baby oil, whatever. Take it, put some in your hand, cup your hand, like make a cup out of your hand. Take your favorite cologne, spray it into there. If it's spray, of course, if you can drop it in, drop, drop what's in. Mix it into the oil and then apply it to your body. 
your fragrance is going to last a lot, lot longer because now it's attached to oil molecules. You can even do it with your moisturizer if it has a light, light fragrance or if it has the same fragrance or if it has no fragrance. You can use that with it and let that fragrance last a lot longer into the day. Okay? It's not going to dissipate as much and break down as quickly. So I think that's a really cool tip. I love that tip and I gave it all the time. And a lot of my customers thanked me for it. Alright, because it saves you a lot of money. Because a lot of times these imposters are very good. They smell just like the regular one. You know, they really do. But they don't last as long. Not even close. So that's how you counteract that and you save yourself some money. Alright? So back to the 70s, the the um the 70s, the, the disco era, the dancing, like other than maybe the 50s, there was no other time, no other decade where dancing was so king. You know, there was the hustle, there was the bump, you know, come on to the bump, baby. You know, that one, then you had the bus stop, which a lot of people don't even remember that one a lot of times, but that was a huge, huge dance at the time. Then uh, if you weren't into disco, you're probably more into rock, so you had your Led Zeppelin, your Leonard Skinner, all that stuff, a lot of people into that stuff still. Um, a lot of great movies came out of the 70s, of course. <laughs> I mean, really one that um, catapulted the disco um, craze was definitely, without a doubt, Saturday Night Fever, and that was, uh, of course, starring the Mr. Um, John Travolta who was uh, amazing in it, by the way, and just burning hot, okay? Burning, burning hot. And um, the movie itself to today is iconic. It's people around the world know this movie. Uh, the Bee Gees, huge, huge part of the 70s, huge part of the 70s. Their album, um, The Saturday Night Fever, the soundtrack of the movie just I mean they were big before that in their own country and stuff and they were amazing singers and everything but that just catapulted them into an unbelievable just hit after hit after hit from that movie you know you had um, Night Fever you had More Than a Woman just great great songs Disco Inferno was on that um, soundtrack just unbelievable, unbelievable time to be alive and be that age range and be going out to the discos and just, they had such a great time. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of drugs too, a lot of drugs, you know, but what generation doesn't have drug use? Let's, let's get real. People who are going to use drugs are going to use drugs, period. You know, they'll find them one way or the other. But, you know, I mean, just as far as the time, it was a very, very fun time to be alive. Um, hairstyles, again, the women, the feminist movement was, you know, just like starting to really take off. And uh, so women were not having it. They didn't want, you know, heavy makeup on. They were wearing very um, classic looking makeup, very uh, just bronzers and very pale colors. You would have maybe a pop of color here and there in your lips or something like that. Basically, it was like a daytime look, 
which they would call now the no makeup makeup look. Um, very um, uh, tight line um, eyeliner, uh, maybe no mascara whatsoever, no foundation or very, very light foundation. At the time there was something called dew drops and that was like their claim to fame was like, you know, basically look like you're wearing makeup, let them think you're wearing makeup even though you're not, something to that effect. So that was huge then and um, as far as skin care, you know, they had some things but like I said, the people were more going for the natural. They didn't want this stuff with the chemicals and stuff in it for their bodies. They were becoming more body conscious, more health conscious as well. Um, and, uh, you know, the hairstyles were, for women, it was basically just straight long hair parted in the center, um, very low maintenance, you know, nothing fancy really about it, maybe a headband, not in the way that you think of today, like they would actually wear it like, you know, around the forehead, um, and, uh, that was really it. And then, then, as you started getting later into the 70s, you had Charlie's Angels came out, which some of you may think is just a movie, but it was also a show. And uh, a huge star from that was Farrah Fawcett. Um, and then you had Kate Jack Jackson and Jacqueline Smith. And all three of them were, one was more gorgeous than the other. And, uh, and Farrah Fawcett just became the icon from that movie of that time. like. Every young boy had her, her um, poster in their room, and every girl wanted to be her. You know, she was the Jennifer Aniston of the time. So she cut her hair, we cut her hair. She wore makeup away, we wore the makeup that way. So um, she was a really beautiful woman. She really, really was, and. They said she was very smart too, you know. But she played the dumb blonde. She played it very well because she knew that's what they wanted and it was going to make her money. She was a smart businesswoman. She gave them what they wanted. And um, she was married to Ryan O'Neill. And uh, she came out, or whoever, her stylist, I should say, came out with um, the feathered look. And after that, just every person had the feathered look. And it was basically the straight hair was cut into a more feathered look, still worn down the center. And um, that was it. And that I feel will come back if it's not, if it hasn't really yet. I don't think it has, but it, it's gonna come back because that was, a, that was a nice look, that was a hot look. Then you had the shag, which the shag was like what Carol Brady wore in the Brady Bunch. Um, I had that hairstyle too at some point. I don't really remember when. Um, I had the feather as well. Um, the shag would be like more wispy pieces in the back and then shorter in the front and you would either have like a little bang or you could have like a side bang with it. Uh, guys also got it done. The mullet was still hanging its ugly head around for a while. Um, and then the guys were wearing their hair like in the style of the movie Grease because Grease was, you know, coming out and uh, they were wearing their hair in that like DA style. So that's how they were wearing it. And then the African Americans um, also were rebelling in their own way saying, 
you know, we're going to be more natural as well. And uh, no more of these chemical relaxers and jerry curls and all this stuff on us. We're going to just let our natural, beautiful, you know, cultural side show. And they started just letting their hair grow out into afros. Just natural. And they would actually um, braid them even tighter to make them even tighter and, and more, you know, wavy. And uh, I'm seeing a little bit of a, little bit of a push back toward that a little bit. And uh, I like it. I think it really looks nice on a lot of people. And um, you know, if if you feel it looks nice on you, then why mess with it? Why? Although I can understand it. I mean, I totally understand it. We all want what we don't have. I have curly hair that doesn't behave itself, though, so I can never wear it curly. So it's useless to me. But, you know, and I like my hair straight anyway, so I wind up straightening it. So, you know, we all want what we don't have. That's just human nature. And uh, then when we get it, we want whatever what we, what we don't have again. So, it's crazy. Um, things like pet rocks. Okay, yeah, that's what I said, a pet rock. We actually had pet rocks. Somebody came up with this idea for a pet rock, and... It was like a river stone and it had like a little face on it if I remember correctly. And like you had to take care of it. They gave you like little ideas, put like a piece of lettuce in there for something. I don't remember it exactly, but it was crazy and pet rocks were cool though then. <laughs> I mean it was fun to have. They also had this thing, I don't know if a lot of people will remember this, because I think it was pretty popular, but I'm not sure. But um they also had this novelty thing where it looked like a dog. Um, it was a dog's leash and it was like really stiff. And and it was so stiff that it would stand up on its own way. And it looked like there was no dog, an invisible dog. And people would actually walk around with this thing. Invisible dog. Yeah, this really happened. So, <laughs> and other people would gather around them and be like, what is that? That's so cool. Like, it's my invisible dog. Wow. You know? Yeah, okay. Um, I guess the drugs really were pretty rampant. So, uh, anyway. So, but, you know, we all did it because it was what we did. So, gold jumpsuits for guys and platform shoes as well. Also for chicks. Um, People dressed in the clubs very outlandishly. Um, we had a lot of drag queens in the clubs. We had just people that were like club kids that liked to dress crazy. We had, um, by crazy, I don't mean that in a derogatory manner. I mean elaborately, you know, in a very funky, creative manner. That's how I should say it, I guess. But that's what I mean by that. Um, you know, just a lot of fun. They, these people in the 70s, they had a lot of fun. They weren't taking life that serious. They did what they had to do. They went to make, they went to school, they went to their jobs. They did what they had to do. But they were also looking to have a good time. You know? And uh, they weren't judgmental. Like people can be today, I think. I think. I think the judgment is actually getting a little worse, if anything. Um seems like we want people to conform more and more exactly to ourselves and uh, 
you know, that's just not the way the world is. We're all different. Like, we are all exactly different. So, there's no way. You, you're probably never, ever even going to find someone that agrees with most of your values or most of your ways or most of your personality. You, it's just impossible because we're all completely different. And each decade, um, we're supposed to get smarter about this stuff. You know, we're supposed to learn how to accept one another. And like I said, you know, if something someone's doing is legitimately, legitimately affecting your life, well then, in my opinion, you have every right to interject in some way, okay? But just keep this in mind. If whatever the person is doing or however they're living their life or however they may be acting or whatever, or what they have or what they don't have or is not affecting your life directly, um, you should be minding your own business, you know? You should just be worrying about what you're doing. Because honestly, none of us is perfect. And uh, we all have a lot of work to do of our own before we start going and trying to fix other people and what they're doing. No one's saying we don't have a problem. Whoever they are, whatever it is, whatever you're against, whatever you're for, whatever you're, you know, no one's saying that maybe you're not right. Maybe you're not. Either way, if it doesn't affect you and your life directly, you should be minding your business about it. And that's as simple as that. Alright, and that's just, you know, my little tidbit of wisdom for today because honestly, um, you know, I am up there and uh, I've lived for a minute and I like to throw a little wisdom out there for you once in a while when I can. So, listen, get on with it. Um, get to your local door shop and uh, pick yourself up some 70s gear. Maybe throw yourself a fun 70s party at your house and uh, get it going because the 70s was a really fun time, you know? It was a lot of fun and uh, why not recreate it right in your own house and have a great time with your friends, all right? Check out my Facebook page, that's Fantasy Facials by Lily, um, located at Facebook and if you have any questions, if you have any problems, if you need something, please give me a call. I'd love to hear from you. I really, really would. Alright, so have a great day and that's it. All the best.